Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show. With 10 games into the season, what are we seeing? What are we liking? We've got hard numbers and just some stuff that's fun to look at. Speaking of fun stuff to look at, the Hornets have announced a surprise giveaway for next week. We'll tell you what it is. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets this Thursday. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan. My voice is a little deeper. I've got my honey laced tea at the ready trying to battle this cold. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Namaste, Doug. Namaste. Namaste. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the easiest way to buy the lowest price tickets. Download the SeatGeek app and pick up your tickets for a jam-packed week of Hornets basketball. And also use our promo code LOHORNETS and get $20 off your first purchase. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA Utiful Uptown Charlotte. And we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports, much, much more. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. Okay, so we've got the Hawks coming up on Friday for the Hornets, but we're going to get to that preview on Friday. We're going to have Brad Rowland in from Locked On Hawks, one of our favorite people in the world, one of our favorite smart basketball guys, SBGs, to talk to. But David, we're 10 games into the season now. Is it okay if we make some observations, maybe a few judgment calls? Is it? Can we stop saying it's too early? We're almost there. I feel like 20 is the safer bet, but Doug, why wait? Let's jump right into it. 10 is, is good enough to get a clear picture, I think, especially with a team like the Hornets, who have been fairly stable uh, given some of the the injury woes, but yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're no. That's a good point, David. We are see. That's not a given. You know, sometimes teams right. because of injury. I mean, you could say that about the Boston Celtics. They're not very trend friendly right now because they've been missing Horford. They've been missing Crowder. You know, things like that happen. You know, if your starting unit doesn't play. Uh, more than three or four games together, then it's tough to make some judgment calls. But the Hornets, on the other hand, you know they've been missing players here and there, Roy Hibbert, Jeremy Lamb. But for the most part, they've been consistent, and we're seeing some trends already. So uh, let's just go back and forth with with some thoughts. My first thought is that this is a defense-oriented team. We knew that coming in, that it was going to be. We were told that, at least. But the offense isn't as bad as we thought it would be. Let's start with the defense, though. They are uh, The Hornets are 6th in defensive rebounding percentage at 79.3%. They are 8th in the league, and opponents' effective field goal percentage at 48.9%. A lot of that 
has to do with how many three-pointers they are contesting, 23.6, according to the Hustle Stats on NBA.com. That's number one in the league. They can contest a lot of threes this season because they don't have to account for Al Jefferson's defensive issues. They don't have to sag back as much. Also, the fact that they can switch Batum, MKG, and Marvin means that teams aren't finding as many open looks as they would against other teams. And this defense doesn't foul either. They're second in the league in free throw to field goal attempt ratio. That's been a key pillar in Steve Clifford's defensive strategy. All of that combines to make for the fifth best defense in the league, according to defensive rating. But David, the offense hasn't been half bad either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 11th out of 30 teams right now in the NBA, Doug. And that's something that you and I were skeptical of, especially the bench production. And we should point out, you know, our fearless fearless leader, uh, David Locke, was not as concerned with the bench scoring. Um, But just from an overall team standpoint, uh, they've been a lot better than I think most people expected. Now, look, Kimball Walker putting up 30 points uh, almost every other night and doing what he's doing, I think, is certainly helping that cause. Um, and then you're having kind of a, a a second second score by committee. You know what I mean? One night it's Frank, and one night it's but Nick two. here and yeah. there. Yeah, and then the next night maybe Zeller will give you 15 or so. So um, they are filling in when they need to so far. But look, I mean, they're scoring at a clip of what? Uh, the, 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 the 105 points a game? I mean, shoot. I think we would have probably taken that, Doug. Yeah, that's definitely that's '90s Hornets scoring. That's not the the Bobcats or early Hornets that that we were used to. This is a this is a, an offensively potent team, and they're doing it in slightly different ways. And we've talked about that. It's not they are getting back to the three point production that they had last season. They've been trending up towards that way. But early in the season, it's all been about ball movement more than more than the three pointer. And the bench production has been there certain nights and not been there other nights right, all right do you right. Ha- do you have one uh, an observation david for me and i don't have a number to point to this but it's really something we talked about who needs about numbers the, who needs uh, stats yeah, who needs 40 percent of people know factual, that <laughs> actual facts um it's the consistency and it's the stableness the stability of this team doug we talked about it uh preseason and more people are starting to pick up on it now that one the chemistry on this team is really really good They've formed a good core and added guys that have fit in well so far in Hibbert and Bellinelli. And if you look across the division, there's no coaching change in Charlotte. There's no massive change in player personnel, even though Al Jefferson and Jeremy Lin were big pieces of the team last year. Um, The team has moved on from them and has kept their core intact. So going into the season, they were – probably the most stable of any of these teams, certainly in their own division. And, and, and you're starting to see that in some of the teams they've played as well. So for me, the chemistry, uh, the way this team buys in and plays, because I asked you yesterday, does this team make sense? And when you look at the pieces individually, it might not, but they truly are uh, the sum. Uh, you know, the, the team is greater than the parts at this point, and I messed up that saying. Could you help me out on that, Doug? Uh, they are they're more than the sum of their parts. Yeah, I think that's it. Some of yeah. all fears. That was a good movie, yeah. right? Uh, ben, it was Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, Morgan, Batman, Batman Mor- versus Superman. Morgan Freeman. No, some okay. of all fears. Have you seen this movie? It's a good movie. You should check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I've got another observation, David. The Hornets are seven and three. That's a given. I think people, most people know that. 
But that here's the observation. That means more people are going to want to get into Spectrum Center to see the Hornets play. People are getting excited. More demand usually means higher prices, which is why you need to be using SeatGeek now more than ever. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And for the Hornets, they're getting bigger and bigger. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house. I'm talking courtside, the club seats, upper level, wherever you want to sit, SeatGeek has you covered. It has me covered. It's the only ticket app I choose to use because I don't have to jump through hoops. Get it, David? Hoops. I don't have to jump through hoops to get cheap tickets. That's the key. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOHORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today. David, you've used the SeatGeek app. It's easy. I use it all the time whenever I leave the house, which actually isn't all the time. But whenever I do, I use the SeatGeek app. Well, it's it's super cool because, you know, you, you can get the tickets right on your phone. You, you walk right in and it, it seems like Spectrum Center is announcing concerts left and right. I think Paula Abdul, they're doing another 90s show. Paula Abdul. Mm. Uh, I don't know. That's all. That's only I'm just a big Paula Abdul fan. So it, my, hey. my eyes were like laser focused on that. But they've got all kinds of acts coming to Spectrum Center. So if you haven't downloaded the SeatGeek app, please do, because uh, it's it's it really is the best. Uh, we wouldn't talk about it if it weren't the best. Okay, let's get back to our observations about what's going on uh, here in basketball on the court for the Hornets. Uh, my second one has to do with this starting five unit. Uh, last season, early in the season, we remarked a lot about how the bench was carrying the starting five at times, you know, uh, Bench Force One, the Super Jeremy Brothers. But this season, it, the roles have been reversed. The starting five playing really well right now. Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, MKG, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, they're getting 16 minutes per game here in the early going, which, by the way, depending on how you qualify it, David, is top seven or top 10 in the league for starters minutes. So anyone out there, uh, if you think that Clifford is relying a little too much on his bench, the numbers don't really back that up. The, the, he is relying on this starting unit to carry this team uh, through some inconsistent bench play. The starters are shooting over 40% from three, and among lineups that have played uh, 50 or more minutes together, they have an offensive rating of 109.7, that's high, and a defensive rating of 95.3, that's low, and that's good for ninth in net rating. So ninth in the league among among units who have played 50 or more minutes. That's how I qualified it because that that got the most, you know, starting units in there. Uh so David, the starters, I mean they're gel- well first of all, you add MKG who was they talked about him like a free agent, but at the same time he has a lot of continuity with these players and and the starting five suddenly looks really dynamic. Oh yeah, I mean they say he's like adding in another free agent and you forget how little he played last year on that team that was pretty good. So Rick Bunnell, you know, told us in the preseason, he thought he was the most important piece of this team that could really help them get to that next level. And he fits in so well with this, with this defense and what Clifford wants to do. 
And shoot, I mean, we've talked about it, Doug. He's the best rebounder. You know, unfortunately, he's playing at the small four position, and they're kind of struggling in that area right now. But he's given them what they lacked last year in just that guy that can change the flow of the game. And a lot of times it doesn't show up in the box score. Um, You know, you watch these games, and you'll see him – you know, keep balls alive and get his hands on balls. Deflections is something they chart a lot. And he's in there in the middle of these plays doing those things that aren't going to show up on the stat sheet to help them win. So um, it's good to see that he is still up and walking <laughs> after 10 games. I mean, I still, my heart still skips a beat every time he goes down. But um, the offense, as we have highlighted, um, is, is just whatever you can get from it. <laughs> it's just the cherry on top of the whatever defensive cake he puts together. Yeah, I mean, the defense has been stifling. Cherry on the Sunday. I know what you're saying. I, yeah. we're, we're or con- cake, if you want. We're connected. Well, you put cherries <laughs> on cakes? I don't know. Okay, now you've gone too far. Uh, I've gone crazy. Um, no, but the defense has been stifling. They've been um, able to, again, they've been able to be more aggressive, I think. And we, especially over the last couple of games, I thought this, this team is really jumping out into passing lanes trying actively to turn teams over something that we aren't used to seeing from a Charlotte Hornets team and I think that comes with well first of all you've got Cody Zeller in there I think he makes a big difference you don't have to you know again you can be more aggressive you can play up on on players you can trap pick and rolls because you you can recover more easily than when Al Jefferson was in the starting lineup Um, but also you know I, I remarked about how would Kimba Walker and Batum's continuity together year two affect this team? But really, it's been about Kimba Walker and Cody Zeller and Nick Batum and Cody Zeller, just their comfort with one another and Cody Zeller's ability to pass and guys getting open in the corner. That's really been where I've seen the continuity most uh, in this offense. So, yes, the starting unit playing much better uh, this season than they did last season. Uh, David, can we talk about Kimba Walker? We should, right? I mean, he he's one of the best players in the league right now. He's playing amazing basketball for the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, you can't really say enough about him. He's on his way to an all-star berth. That's the observation. Kimba Walker on his way to an all-star berth. And actually, uh, David Locke, our fearless leader and the host of Locked on NBA, taught, he does this cool thing where he brings on an anonymous coach, uh, a scout, and then I believe someone, somebody from the front office, and and they speak on, they speak candidly because they are anonymous, and uh, they come on to Locked On NBA and share some knowledge. And he had the scout on a few days ago, and they talked about Kimba Walker. Uh, let's let's play that clip. His first year in the league at 21 years old, he shot 36. percent Then he spiked to 42, and then at 23, he shot 39 percent and 33 percent from three. I'll bet you can't find a guy who had his opening three years of his career shooting below 40% and at 24 years old, in his fourth year, he shoots 38%. So he's four years in the league below 40% career shooter and suddenly explodes. He's shooting 49% right now, 48% from three, 26 points a game. Is this real? And if so, like, what do you... What have you seen from him? If this is real, by the way, he's like in the upper echelon top 10 players in the NBA. Uh, how, what have you seen from Kemba, and how did he do this? It's, I don't think there's been another player in the history of the game who's had a transformation like this. I have seen him on a few occasions already, and he's, he's playing like he's one of the top 10 players in the league. Um, 
you'd always say in the past that a three-point shot is streaky because he couldn't – there would be games where they have 36 or 37 points and he'll make five threes. But there were a lot more of those games where he was one for five or one for three. Um, I would attribute it to a good summer and based on talking to those Charlotte guys there that uh, he just came in and worked and he saw how close they were. You know, there was a little bit more of a carrot. Now after you taste the playoffs, there's a little bit more of a carrot as to, hey, we're this close to being a pretty good team. And their their culture in Charlotte has changed since Coach Cliff has been there. And their work and their player development and their uh, consistency and their accountability and the things that they've demanded of all the players has made everybody, every player improve. I mean, uh, you could probably look at Marvin Williams and say he's in the best shape he's been in his career. And he's a guy who got paid last year. And you never know once guys get paid, whether they're going to enjoy the islands for a few weeks or whether they're going to get in the gym. And it looks like he's been in the gym and uh, they're playing with Cody Zeller at the five a lot. Um, But every player has, gotten better and then I think if if Hibbert comes in he's a guy that um, he's not obviously a great player anymore but he does help give them shot blocking and he's a guy who can start quarters and put pressure on teams to find him I mean you can't you still have to find him on a roll you still have to find him when he's around the basket and that helps um it helps the point guard. It helps the two guards. Um, but I, I just think the, the culture has changed there and getting a taste of the playoffs gave them a little something else to to play for and to work for and to say that I'm as good as Kyle Lowry and I'm as good as the other guards in, on the East. You know, there's, uh, I'm as good as John Wall. Um, but he's, he's certainly had a, a great start. That was host David Locke with uh, the scout, the anonymous scout, coming in to give some analysis of the Charlotte Hornets and Kimba Walker on Locked On NBA. You can listen to Locked On NBA. Just go to iTunes, search Locked On NBA. Uh, David, is this real? That's the question that David Locke asked, and I think that's the question that some Hornets fans are asking because they've been following Kimba Walker their whole career. They they know the the inefficient Kimba Walker that came before last season. And I think they want to know, David, is this real? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's what everybody's asking, right, Doug? But I think after last season, and you saw the jump he took, and and David mentioned it, you know, this late in his career. It's not like he's old, but this far in his career, you don't typically see guys take that jump. But to back up the season that he had last year, even if this spike doesn't, you know, hold out and he, and he settles down into where he was last year. It's real. Um, but I think, I think he, I think he has taken another jump and I think this is, this is real. Um, they mentioned the hard work he's put off and put on in the off season. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, this team has harped on it. We've heard him mention, you know, how hard guys are working in the off season. And another thing he mentioned in there, Doug, about guys getting paid, you know, that is the common concern, right? To just to veer off Kimba for one second. They paid Batum and they paid Marvin. 
and you heard those thoughts about, gosh, you know, these guys, guys are finally getting paid, or are they going to slack off? Is it going to change? I mean, I never had that fear in those guys. One, because we we've kind of gotten to know those guys. And two, because the guys the Hornets are bringing in don't really fit that bill to me. I mean, they bought into yeah. the system and the culture. And so that was never a really a concern for me as far right. as those guys not putting in the work. Yeah, if you but, if you listen to this show every day, yeah. which you should, by the way, right. and we appreciate it if you do. But if you listen to this show every day, we talk so much about how Rich Show, the general manager and company, go out and find guys that fit a certain personality. That are going, they know they're going to be gym rats. That's why they brought them in. Now, whether mm-hmm. the production comes or not, well, that's a question. But you know they're going to put the work in. So you're right. It was never a question if you know if you pay close attention to the team. But you know, national guys, they're waking up now. And I think going back to Kimba, I think that what you just heard is an, an awakening. What's happened over these past ten games for Kimba has caused an awakening amongst uh, national guys that yeah. I think confuses us a little bit, David, and, and I'm sure those that are listening too, because we had that awakening last season. Last year. I think what happened, I'm going to speculate here, but I think what happened is he was overshadowed by the emergence of Isaiah Thomas last season, and for the most improved player purposes, he was overshadowed by the ridiculous numbers that C.J. McCollum put up. I can see what's going on here, because his numbers have increased more from last season to the first 10 games in this season than they did from two seasons ago to last season. So he has made more of a leap in these first 10 games. Let's take three-point percentage. It's up 10 points from last season versus a seven-point increase from 14-15 to last season. Field goal percentage up eight points versus a four-point increase uh, from 14-15 to last season. And his PER up eight points this season versus three from 14, 15 to last season. So these yeah. first 10 games represent a bigger leap. If you look at the raw numbers, that's that's what you would see. But the interesting thing about last season's increased production is twofold, David. One, it came after three years of consistently inefficient production. And number two, it came without a huge increase in usage. We talked a lot about this last season, David. He His usage percentage didn't go up all that much but his efficiency improved, and that's what made him such an improved player. And I think if you look at this season, his usage is way up. It's up to 30 now from from 25. And he's carried this team on his back at times in these first 10 games, but he hasn't lost the efficiency. And that's why his numbers are ballooning, because his role has increased, but his his efficiency has remained. And that's where I think... so. Two off-seasons ago, he retooled the shot, got his efficiency up. Last off-season, I think he was preparing himself to take an even bigger role in this offense, and I think that's why you'll see this continue. Also, his assist percentage actually went down last season. This season, in the first 10 games, it's up from 25.7 to 32.1%, which right now would be a career high. All of this to say, I think Kimba Walker actually made a more substantial leap last season but I understand why national folks are starting to pay attention now. And Kimba Walker taking a larger role on offense while remaining an efficient scorer. He's opening up more opportunities for other players. All I'm saying is just give him the all-star MVP right now. Just give it to him. He's all-star MVP. Yeah. And you mentioned some of those increase in numbers. And you know what else is up, Doug? His shot attempts. I mean, he's shooting more from Mm -hmm. three than he did last year by about a shot a game or so. 
Yeah, and and his numbers, I mean, sorry, his minutes are actually a little down, which I'm actually surprised about given the loss of Jeremy Lin, but that's fantastic that they found a way to do that. Now, hey, he didn't play, I think, an entire fourth quarter. um, Against Indiana. uh, Exactly. So, you know, maybe that evens out somewhere in there, but I don't think it's going to be much higher than it was last year, even if, uh, even if, you know, that evens out somewhat and start to play more in the fourth quarters there. But it really is amazing. I mean, you can't blame guys for looking at these numbers and being shocked because when you see the jumps, especially in three point percentage, field goal percentage, I mean, to be up around 50%, Doug, is, is insane, especially for a guy that, like, you know, we've, like everyone's saying, uh, you, it hasn't done it. I mean, it hasn't done it up until this point, but the work is starting to pay off. And you said something yesterday that is, that is so true if you watch this guy play the game has slowed down mm-hmm. immensely mm-hmm. for him and he is just seeing things and playing in a way with confidence and efficiency is a big word we've always said but just across the board i mean everything's going right right now yeah he's commanding defenses with his dribble i mean he is moving three or four players at a time he's commanding yeah. those eyeballs on defense yep. And that's why I think this is real, because you could look at point production going up. You could look at percentages going up and go, I don't know if that's going to hold. Plus, his usage is up. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to get he's going to get more points because he has more looks. Here's why it's real. I think you have to look at that assist to turnover and assist percentage and go, wait a minute. He is looking for other guys. He's making other guys better and and he's playing within the flow of the game. Like he's not when he's out there, just eyeball test time when he's out there, he's he's playing within the game like he's not disrupting things. He's not firing up random shots. We've seen that before, not just from Kimba, but from other players on this team. We've seen players disrupt an offensive possession by tossing up a shot. Sometimes Marco does that, but that's not what's happening with Kimba. He, he's getting these opportunities on catch and shoots. He's getting these opportunities because guys are still, for some reason, going under screens on Kimball Walker. Yeah, that's, and, that can't last. Yeah, I he's mean, taking no he's taking advantage of what's given to him, and, and that's the sign of a player that is understanding the professional game on a completely different level. So it's exciting stuff to watch if you're a Hornets fan. All right, here's uh, one more observation. The Hornets are, and if you've been watching, you know this already, the Hornets are hilariously good coming out of the locker room. In third quarters this season, plus 8.3, that's number one in the league. 45.7% from beyond the arc, that's number one in the league. Offensive rating of 121, that's 10 points better than the next team down, the Los Angeles Clippers, who are playing excellent basketball in the Western Conference. Defensive rating 84.6, that's number one in the league and a net rating in the third quarter of 37, which is more than 17 points higher than the next team down. That again, the Los Angeles Clippers. But David, they've needed to be good. They've needed to be excellent in the third quarter because they have the second lowest offensive rating in the second quarter and the lowest effective field goal percentage. The second unit, as we said, inconsistent, struggling to hit shots. Yeah, I think they've kind of solved, hopefully, that getting off to the slow start. Right? Come on, Frank. I mean, don't you think? Don't you think though that the last you know there was a run about a week or two ago <clears throat> where the the, the the beginning of games was was the big problem, um, and they seem to have solved that a little bit with their first quarter performance. Maybe it's leaking over now into the second quarter, but yeah. the third quarter has been just a revelation. I mean, it's they can't. I mean, how long can you count on that, though? I mean, you, correct. Yeah. I mean, you it's know been a I mean? ten game. So, that's been a ten game trend. That's not going to be an eighty two game trend, right? 
So it's something to definitely look at um, and try and figure out. I mean, you have if you can get Frank going, and, and I think that's maybe where that third score comes in. You know, we talked about that on Tuesday night. Just a little more consistency from from guys going into the game when they're going in and try and stave off those lulls. I think in offense or just in performance overall. Yeah, and if you think that this is this third quarter bump is attributed to Steve Clifford giving passionate. Bill Pullman from Independence Day type halftime speeches. We will not go quietly into the night. No, that's not. That's not. That's not what's happening. I, I'm. I'm not sure about that. Players said that he did do that on Tuesday in Minnesota. A couple of players mentioning that they couldn't say on television what Steve Clifford told them in the locker room. But Clifford said many times that communicating with professional ball players is very tricky. That you can't yell at them all the time. Because it's going to cause, he hasn't said this, but I think it's, you know, if you yell at professional millionaires, it's either going to cause them to ignore you or um, or completely lose confidence or both. So you can't do that. He has said that if he critiques a player, I believe he was referencing Al Jefferson in this respect. He said, you know, if I, if I critique a player, he, he, he has to bring film or he has to bring numbers or he has to bring some tangible evidence to a player if he's going to do that because again these guys have been playing ball most of their lives so they're not going to respond to critique without without them understanding that you understand what's going on on a deep level and so or at least most players and and players with the personality types that the hornets tend to tend to attract so you know he's not going in here and and getting on these guys, this is which is good, David, because it shows that this team has a certain fight, a certain character that's not always a given. I mean, these third quarters, yeah, it's probably not going to last, but it's impressive that it exists at all. That the third quarter they're able to do that. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the fact yeah, that they yeah, can do totally. it at all, I think, shows something about the character <clears throat> of the players that they have. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we've seen it in Nick Batum. That's a guy that you can visually see when he's decided to flip some sort of switch and, and be more aggressive, especially on the offensive end. Uh, so that was a big – that was a big um, – red, not a red flag, but a big uh, point of emphasis for me watching that game the other night. You could tell they were – ready to go in the third quarter and knew they had to come out and do that. So yeah, I don't think it's it's going to continue Um, for, for their sake. It can't continue, but look, Clifford and these guys have the benefit of, of knowing each other at this point. Right. And, And that's not something you can say for a lot of teams, especially not this early in the season. So it's paying off right now. And I think it will continue to do because Look, look how much uh, Cody Zeller and, and Frank, right? Frank went in and took a lot of Marvin's minutes the other night. And you flash over after Frank hits the three and the bench erupts. And the first guy you see is Marvin. So that's just the kind of chemistry and yeah. environment they have put together. And I think that's across the board. I mean, you really don't see even our boy Jeremy Lamb. Now he's been hurt, so he can't have the sad Lamb face. Yeah. We'll see what happens if he gets back. But I just think it's it's infectious at this point. Winning certainly helps, but they've put together a good group that even if they don't have the alpha alpha dog, right? Like we think we, we, it's Kemba, but do they really have the killer alpha dog? Maybe not. We don't know. Um, but they have so many good guys and the chemistry is so good that it hasn't really mattered to this point. David, final observations on this seven and three start. If you have them. 
It's I, been I fun. It, yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. I, I, I had to jump back a little bit to my first point. It doesn't feel like the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah. I know we just started playing, but from the very first game, this team looked like it had been playing together for longer than the preseason. And I think that's been a big help to get them off to this jump. I think it will continue even as other teams you know, find their way and find their familiarity within their own groups. I only think it can get better. So also we should point out, and you mentioned this, the injuries have not been debilitating at this point. Guys here and there, but they've been lucky with injuries, so they'll have to keep that going for sure. Yeah, final. Here, here's a final stat for you. The Hornets are cutting on offense and sharing the basketball. They rank third in the league in points per possession off cuts, and they are fifth in how often their offense comes from it. They finished last season 20th in points per possession off cuts, and they didn't do it as often. So there's a little uh, nugget about how the offense is changing. Here's my final thought on the Hornets' 7-3 and three start. The Hornets are looking good. That's right, they are. All right, a few quick news bites before we go, David. Hornets owner Michael Jordan will receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest award the president can give out to a civilian. Congrats, Michael. MJ will join Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill and Melinda Gates, Dodgers announcer Vin Scully, and actor Tom Hanks in receiving the award from President Obama. And the Hornets have announced a giveaway for next week. The first 10,000 fans at their November 26th home game against the New York Knicks will get a t-shirt designed by a local graphic design firm, Tykes. They are known for designing cartoon avatars, and they have done so for the Hornets in the past. This t-shirt features the Hornets roster in cartoon form. Kimba is letting out his big play scream. Spencer Spencer Hawes doing his uh, finger gun, three-point salute. And Marvin, of course, hitting them with the three goggles. Got to wear your eye gear for protection. For safety, folks, always. Um, Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Big announcement. Follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook. We're going to put the post up today telling you how you can win tickets to tomorrow night's game against the Atlanta Hawks. And thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back tomorrow morning with a preview of an epic clash between two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks joins us to update us on the visiting Atlanta Hawks. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17